Hello. This meeting is being recorded. Hello, Packer, Viking, Bear, and Lion fans, and welcome to our NMC North breakdown on the Big D podcast. Before I bring in Alex for his contribution, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. Got a lot of US Open video was uploaded. Also, a Stanley Cup final preview for your hockey fans. Also, check out the Big D podcast on Spotify and Apple. Well, uh, I announced last week that uh, we were doing a division breakdown, and uh, today we are looking at the NFC North. So, Alex. You ready to look at the? You ready? You ready to put on your polkas and talk the NFC North? Yes, sir. It's uh, good to be here on the show as always, Dylan. You know, my Miami Dolphins played the NFC North this year, so uh, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to what you have to say. Uh, take some notes about the upcoming season and uh, make sure my boys are ready for the year. And I uh, can't wait to uh, to see what's going on in the uh, the the rigid, cold NFC North. Hey, my Jags also play a game in Detroit this year. So maybe Agent Hutchinson won't travel, won't sack Trevor Lawrence 10 times. <laughs> Only second now. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> All right, you ready to get into it? Yep. So uh, if you think back to last year, the Green Bay Packers yet again won the NFC North with a record of 13 and 4. Minnesota finished second at eight and nine. Chicago at six and eleven, and Detroit at three and thirteen. So uh, let's start Green Bay first. So Alex, uh, what do you like about the Packers? Well, first things first. I mean, you've got to talk about that for that Green Bay Packers defense. I mean, throw out the Aaron Rodgers dynasty. It's. I mean, it seems. Yeah, if you can call it a dynasty. I mean, he's got. You know, obviously, uh, a little bit of a, uh, a a speed bump in the playoffs for Aaron Rodgers, but um, you know, I that that defense has been stout. It's been solid for for a very long time. I mean, it, whether you got Jair Alexander in the secondary or a really solid pass rush, really solid linebacker core. I mean, especially, uh, it's it, I just feel like that Green Bay defense is a perfect complement to the Aaron Rodgers offense. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's moving that ball down the field. He can score. He can take the ball 80 yards down the field in a matter of a minute and a half. So that defense has always got to be ready to be back on the field because you never know uh, when Aaron Rodgers is going to hit one of his playmakers for a big play, flip the field, score a touchdown quick, and that defense is coming right back on the field. So, uh, you know, you have to have a perfect you, – you have to have that complementary, complementary system in the NFL. And I do think the Green Bay Packers uh, really do have a, a, a very uh, good supporting cast on the defensive side of the ball. But, I mean, when you think of the Green Bay Packers, you think about the offense. I mean, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, it's been a quarterback paradise for the last two, three decades. Devontae Adams has been one of the biggest superstars in the NFL. Obviously, I think anyone who uh, cares, cares enough about the NFL to be watching this podcast knows that he's no longer in Green Bay, but they still have the weapons. They brought in Sammy Watkins over the offseason. You know, does he still – South? First off, Southwest Florida's own Sammy Watkins over the offseason. And, um, you know, still have Aaron Jones, still have A.J. Dillon, got a couple other decent little pieces at receiver. But at the end of the day, it's Aaron Rodgers throwing them the football. Luckily for the Green Bay Packers, one thing I really do like about them going into this season is they got that Aaron Rodgers drama over quick. 
It was, it didn't lead to, it leak into training camp. It didn't leak into preseason. They got it. They got the numbers down. Obviously it might've been a little, you know, controversial whether Aaron Rodgers actually knew Devonte Adams was going to get traded or not. But at the end of the day, they weren't sitting through the entire off season going back and forth, trying to work together. If Aaron Rodgers is going to come back or not, they got it out of the way. Aaron Rodgers is able to have a clear head going into the off season, going into his, his rest and, and coming up into training camp. So I like the Green Bay Packers. I think, yes, obviously, if you losing a player like Devontae Adams is going to hurt your team. I don't think they're going to be as dominant as the Green Bay Packers we've seen in the past. But looking at the rest of this division, I think Minnesota, and we're obviously going to get to all of this, but I still see the Green Bay Packers as the favorite to win this division. I mean, Minnesota gotta, is going to have to take it from them. I mean, Green Bay is the, the, the holding division champion it seems like they've pretty much been running through the division for uh, quite some time now and i think i don't think minnesota has done enough and i don't think green bay has lost enough as big of a loss as Devonte adams it is to uh to give up that that nfc north title and uh i'm i'm trying to draft i'm just going to tell you what i'm trying to draft uh, uh not aj Dillon, uh aaron jones and then as many fantasy leagues as i can this year so like best ball redraft dynasty regular fantasy team league you want aaron jones and everything i mean dynasty obviously maybe uh might drop a little bit lower on my rankings but uh, as far as redraft specifically guillotine even give me aaron jones i especially i mean with a week 14 bye, i would love aaron jones in, in, in a guillotine league this year hey and one of us won a guillotine league last year Yes, sir. I got my defending crown. I'm uh, I'm ready to go back to back. Wait till wait till I join the league. Then you won't have a prayer in that. <laughs> we'll see about that. Are you worried about Green Bay's wide receiver goal? Because we saw in the playoffs last year where Aaron Rodgers basically only relied on Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, and now Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas. So, can Aaron Rodgers win? With Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, and a rookie, because Aaron Rodgers is not a fan of rookie wide receivers. Right. And I mean, obviously, that's the biggest concern going into the season when you think about the Green Bay Packers. But you have to remember at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is going to be putting that ball in a spot that only his receiver and his receiver alone can catch. Yes, obviously, like I mean. I, I am concerned about, I guess, the lack of a star when it comes to the receiver room because Aaron jo- Aaron Rodgers has always had Devon. I mean, has had Devontae Adams practically his whole career. It feels like, um, you know, it, I've, he's always had that kind of safety net. You know, when you take away a quarterback's number one receiver, you have to have at least some a bit of concern. But the way that Aaron Jones is used in that. Packers offense when Devontae Adams wasn't on the field for the Green Bay Packers I think he's going to be he's going to step up massively they're still going to have AJ Dillon to control the run game as well as Aaron Jones and Sammy Watkins isn't a slouch I mean they've got they got the rookie Christian Watson in the second round after trading with the Minnesota Vikings so I mean you know it's it's Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day as long as he stays healthy and and stays on the consistent level that we've seen from him I'm really not too worried about it. Uh, you have anything you you want to have any input about the package? You want to move on? Next. All right. So uh, 
moving on from the Green Bay Packers, I've, uh, we've uh, heard their name a couple times. The Minnesota Vikings, you know, finished second in the NFC North last season. What do you see? Uh, what do you like and what do you not like from the Minnesota Vikings this upcoming year? Well, if you look at the Minnesota Vikings offensively, you see a whole lot of talent because Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs, whether he's running, catching, scoring touchdowns. Dalvin Cook is fun to watch. He'll be a he'll probably be a top four or five pick in most fantasy drafts, and he is worth the investment. And uh, wide receiver-wise, uh, I think we can say Justin Jefferson's the next Bayou Bengal wide receiver. I mean, have you seen what he can, do, what he's done the fir- his first two years in the NFL? My goodness, can Jefferson make a, plays? a player too? Mm, yeah, he's okay. <laughs> and Adam Thielen's Adam Thielen might be getting up in age a little bit, but he can, but he can make a few plays in the slot. Um, when you have him, you have Jefferson. The Vikings can put up points with anybody. And in today's NFL, it's all about putting up points because you're not going to stop teams unless you've got the unless you've got the uh, no-fly zone defense in Denver or the Legion of Boom. Right. So I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with a lot of your points there. What what concerns about what concerns you about the Vikings going into this year? Well, can the Vikings stop anybody? Right. Because not just in the division, but Minnesota last year gave up a few too many odds. And uh, looking back on Minnesota's schedule uh, season last year, the Vikings lost a ton of close games. Week one, Cincinnati lost in overtime. Week two in Arizona lost on a missed field goal. Week four against Cleveland, lost on a few, lost by seven. And then one week five on a last second field goal. Week six, lost in overtime. Week eight, lost to Dallas in the game that Dak missed. Week nine, lost to Baltimore in overtime. Then beat LA, beat Green Bay, lost to San Francisco, lost to Detroit, beat Pittsburgh. Beat Chicago in a one-possession game. Lost to L.A. I mean, the Vikings might have been the most sneak-betting team in the NFL last year, and unfortunately it cost Mike Zimmer to jump. So now with uh, another Sean McVay prodigy in place, Coach uh, Kevin O'Connell, right? Kevin O'Connell, yes, sir. With Kevin O'Connell in place, can he not only – Keep the Viking offense, but maybe turn, but maybe get the best out of Kirk Cousins because whether you like him or not, Kirk Cousins was pretty dang, pretty dang sporty last year. Unfortunately, in encountering the wins, but was so consistent last year. And if the and maybe having an offensive mind coach for Kirk Cousins gets the best out of him. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I was that's exactly where I was going there next. Is one thing that when I think about the Minnesota Vikings, when I think about NFL franchises in general, I mean, bringing in a brand new coach, having your first season as a brand new coach, obviously it's a little bit easier when you have uh, a quarterback in place who has experience, who has NFL experience, who's been there before like Kirk Cousins does. 
but still either way when you when you bring in a new uh, head coach and you bring in a, a new coaching staff there's going to be growing pains there's going to be things that players um are are aren't accustomed to aren't aren't really ready for necessarily by week one by week two by week three they're still learning are you do you think there's going to be so that's the actually this going to be a two-part point because one uh a the a bringing in a new head coach as uh as accomplished as kevin o'connell is and with the offensive mindset with all the weapons they have on offense i think it is a good fit but another thing that really concerns me about the vikings as well is can they stay healthy because obviously you know dalvin cook sorry i've got a little bit of a contribution from uh, a feathered friend but um you didn't if uh a viking fan <laughs> you know, Dalvin Cook has kind of, especially in the fantasy football circles, been labeled as an injury-prone running back over the last couple seasons. I think it is a little bit of an unfair tag because it doesn't necessarily seem as Dalvin that Dalvin Cook gets as hurt as many people think he does. But you look at that roster, you have Dalvin Cook, but there's always going to be a question mark there. Then you've got Danielle Hunter, you've got Zedarius Smith, you've got Christian Darisau, Irv Smith all players with injury pass and, and, and players who are really monumental to a, especially the defensive side of the ball, but just the team in general. Do you think with a new head coach and the growing pains that's going to come from that and a little bit of injury history with some of those big name players, do you think the Minnesota Vikings are going to be able to overcome that? Yes. All right. Okay. I mean, there you go. Okay. So, uh, Guess what team we're going to talk about next? Well, we're down to two options. So it's either uh, the Bears. Justin Fields in Chicago, and I guess that's where we're going. Okay. What do you like about the Chicago Bears? So what I like about the Chicago Bears, I'm going to start off, Dylan, by saying, honestly, not much. Um. Justin Fields is the one name that really stands out to me. I think Justin Fields has all the potential in the world to be a very, how do I want to phrase this? The almost epitome of what you're looking for in the modern NFL quarterback. When you're looking at NFL quarterbacks, obviously you're looking, I mean, over the past two decades, the big names have been obviously Tom Brady. You've got the the Ben, ben Roethlisberger's, you've got the Aaron Rodgers, you've got the, the Philip Rivers, if you even want to go back that far. But that that prototype of quarterback is changing. The Kyler Murrays are coming up. The, the Patrick Mahomes are coming up. You know, the, the Josh Allen, who it's not even sneaky mobility anymore. We know Josh Allen can move. This, this new era of mobile quarterbacks and quarterbacks who can create plays, Jalen Hurts even. You know, it's, it's, it's becoming the new meta, the new prototype in the NFL. And I, and I do love what I see in Justin Fields. You know, he had an okay season last year. I'm never going to put too much stock into a rookie quarterback's um, um, rookie season. Uh, obviously, we know what Peyton Manning did his rookie year, and we know what he did for the rest of his career. But Justin Fields is definitely the one bright spot of the Chicago Bears that I'm really, you know, putting most of my eggs in their basket in. However, unfortunately for the Chicago Bears, I just I look at the roster and I just don't see enough talent for them to be able to compete with really anyone in this division. Even Detroit. I mean, I like I, I would pick Detroit's roster any day of the week over Chicago, over the Chicago Bears roster right now. I mean, the face of your franchise, really, Khalil Mack has walked out the door. Um, you know, Allen Robinson, one the best receiver on your team has moved on. You know, David Montgomery. 
I've never been a very big David Montgomery fan. I've always avoided him like the plague in fantasy drafts. I don't see a lot out of this Chicago Bears team that really gets me excited and really has me see them winning more than four or five games this season. I do think that Justin Fields is a very solid option for them at quarterback. I'm not sure if he's going to take the next step this season. I just don't, unfortunately, think they have enough talent around him for him to make that step. But, you know, it's it's definitely a rebuild. It's definitely a process that I think the Chicago Bears are working towards, and I think they're doing a decent job at making that happen. But it is not a this year thing. It's not a next year thing. And I mean, you're looking a couple years down the line for the Chicago Bears, I feel, to really fill enough holes to, to make them contenders in this division again. I, I like Justin Fields, but to me, it's basically Justin Fields, Monty, and Dona Mooney offensively. Other than that, ugh, the Bears. The Bears are who we thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. I mean, you're right about that. They're going to – I mean, losing Khalil Mack, you're going to need Mike Ditka to come back uh, second-born to be able to uh, inspire that Chicago team. Unfortunately, I mean, I've never really had anything against the Bears, but I just – you know, with going up against Green Bay twice a year, going up against Minnesota twice a year, uh, the, they have the AFC East this year, which is a very um, – you know, it's, it's one of the – now I, I would say it's one of the best divisions in the NFL, and that's giving a little bit extra credit to the Patriots than I think they deserve. But, you know, it, it's not going to be an easy season for Bears fans. I think offensively they're going to struggle. I think defensively they're going to struggle. And uh, I definitely see them coming last in this division. Yeah. Do you worry that the Bears seem to be rebuilding despite having Justin Fields on their center? Yeah, you know, it's 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 tough because obviously the teams that are getting rookie quarterbacks, like the top rookie quarterbacks, typically aren't in the best situation. You're typically looking at, at top five draft pick teams. So obviously when you bring in a, a star rookie quarterback, a, a guy that's supposed that comes from that comes from success, that's used to winning, and you bring them into a losing environment, you're going to have some problems there. I just I I it, whether or not the Chicago Bears are going trying to go the route of acquiring as much as much assets for the future and, and rebuilding through the draft and through young players, that's fine. And I think it's definitely an acceptable method, an acceptable way to build an NFL franchise. But the problem is it's just going to take time. Justin Fields, I mean, he's a young guy. Is he going to want to stick it out and sit through the Chicago Bears rebuild? Or is he going to say, you know what? I don't see this getting fixed anytime soon. I want to I want to be out the door in what two seasons when he's coming towards the end of his rookie contract and try and find a better a better spot elsewhere. That really just depends on the Bears front office and 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 the moves that they're able to make and and to be able to surround Justin Fields. But as of now they have not done it. It doesn't really look like they're anywhere too uh too close to doing it anytime soon in my opinion. But you want any other points on the Bears? Or I think it's time to move on to uh, the Windy City. We got a uh, – no, that's Chicago. We were already in the Windy City. We're in Motor, Motor, Motor City, going down to uh, Detroit. The Detroit Lions. I mean, you know, obviously the Detroit Lions have been – I mean, you could call it the laughing stock, the bottom dwellers, um, pretty much their entire franchise. What do you see – do the Detroit Lions have any hope of turning things around this season, though? 
Yes, I actually think the Detroit Lions are a real interesting team. Probably not this year, but you look at the Lions' talent. DeAndre Swift is a is one of my favorite running backs to watch, not just in the NFL, but in fantasy this year. I think he would be a top three PPL back this year. You know, you know how much of a fan I am. We talked about him. Uh, Last week on the podcast, but uh, I think DeAndre Swift, if he ever stays healthy, can be really productive. Ahmad St. Brown was the real fantasy breakout of last year. TJ Hawkinson, if he could ever stay healthy and somebody could throw him the dang ball, can be a, <laughs> be a real effective tight end. Um, Jameson Williams, if he can come back off the torn ACL, feels like he's got a ton of speed and Maybe roll off the 12th pick in the draft. Panay Sewell looks like a really, really good tackle, whether he plays left on the right side. And and uh, you, despite his unusual antics, I think we saw the Lions play hard for Dan Campbell last year. We saw those guys play hard. And even week 18, where the Lions could have lost and got another one pick, the Lions played hard and wanted to win that game. Yeah. And that's just a testament to playing hard for their coach. I mean, playing for Dan Campbell. I've always been a big Dan Cam- Campbell fan. Um, and, and, you know, it, it says a lot. I mean, when you've got players in your in your team and in that locker room who want to win, who you're looking at week 18 of the NFL season and you are already looking forward to the draft and already looking forward to the next season and they're still fighting that hard, that is a testament to the coaching staff, to the culture that they're building over there. I will say, so I want to ask you, obviously, yes, we do see a bright future in Detroit. Do you think that the quarterback of the Detroit Lions is in that locker room now? Or do you think it's going, the, the future face of the future of the Detroit Lions is going to be a kid who still might be taking classes at a university? I think the Detroit Lions future, I think the Detroit Lions quarterback of the future is in college. The question is, is he at the Ohio State the University of Alabama? Because you look at it, I think we've seen enough of Jared Goff. He can't play. He does not fit today's NFL. I mean, be honest, Jared Goff might not have fit 15 years ago. I didn't like him when he was the number one pick coming out of Cal. Cal I thought Paulson Wentz should have been the number one pick, but we'll leave that for another day. But to me, I think we've seen – I think the Lions made a smart move in taking the best player available in April's draft because you were not getting a tr- transcendent quarterback at two. Wait a year, get your quarterback. You've already got two ones. Anyway, you don't need draft pick. The Lions can move up and get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young and have themselves a, a franchise quarterback with all that young talent because guess what? Guess what franchise – guess what rookie quarterbacks on the rookie deal don't – guess what quarterbacks on the rookie deal don't make? Money. They don't make money. And you know what that means? They don't need up a large portion of the – Salary cap. And the NFL is the salary cap sport. So, Bingo. The, oh, sorry. I didn't realize we were still finishing each other's sentences. No, but no. The Detroit Lions 
will be in the quarterback sweet series. Probably won't be a, probably won't be the favorite for a number one pick with uh Atlanta, Seattle. Who knows what happens with the New York teams? Maybe a maybe a Atlanta, Carolina, but I think the Lions will be quarterback hunting this offseason. And who knows? Maybe the Lions pull off their quarterback finance because we saw Denver trade for Russell Wilson. The Browns trade for Deshaun Watson via plays. Again, Devontae Adams end up in in Las Vegas. The Philadelphia Eagles get A.J. Brown, and your Miami Dolphins got Cheetah. So blockbuster trades are happening more and more in today's NFL. All right, I have a question for you. Now, I'm not saying that this is a possibility that they should do this. This is just a strictly hypothetical if you're sitting in the Detroit Lions general manager's office right now, would you rather have Jared Goff as your starting quarterback or Baker Mayfield as your starting quarterback? I think I'd rather have Baker. Yeah. I think I, I, agree. Think I would take Baker because we didn't see – because if Baker – if Baker's got a lot of talent around him, the offensive line concerns me a little bit. But with DeAndre Swift, he DeAndre Swift, I think Baker would be okay there. It just, you know, what really just blows my mind about Baker is he had talent in Cleveland. I mean, he had talent around him. His offensive line was pretty bad. I mean, it was pretty. They were average, I would say. They weren't. Well, no, uh, they might have been pretty bad if I remember right. But I mean, you had you still had the weapons. You had Kareem Hunt. You had Nick Chubb. You had Odell Beckham. As much as obviously he wasn't the Odell Beckham that we've seen uh, for the New York Giants, but he's still a talented receiver. You had Jarvis Landry. He had the weapons in Cleveland. It just I I would still take um, Baker over Jared Goff. I think, but that's just more about how much I dislike Jared Goff than how much I like Baker Mayfield. But just I wanted to just touch on the lines a little bit. I I I do think. I'm, I'm big on the Lions. I was big on the Lions last season. I was doing pick-ems uh, every week, and I was picking the Lions a lot more times than I wasn't really just expecting them to, to be able to pull it off. I have faith in Dan Campbell. I have faith. I had faith in the roster. I had faith in the team, and it, it just seemed like they were so close, and they were getting heartbroken so many times that it was, gonna, it was going to pay off eventually, and I wanted to be the guy to have it on my, on my pick-em sheet. But I'm just looking at the Detroit Lions' this, uh, schedule this season, and you got to think, when you finish last in your division – you're going to be playing the fourth place teams in your in your uh, across the across the league. I mean, they've got the Eagles week one. You know, toss up. They've got the, the Washington Commanders. I'm not I'm not worried about them. Then they've got the the Vikings division. They've got the Seahawks. We know the Seahawks aren't going to be the same anymore. They've got the Patriots. Might be a loss there, but you know, we I like I like I've been saying for a while. I think Mac Jones is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL right now. So I mean, who knows what's going to come out of New England this season? They've got the Cowboys, which will be tough. They've got the Dolphins, which will be tough. They've got the Packers division. They've got the Bears, which they can be a winnable game in their division. They've got the Giants, a very winnable game. They've got Buffalo, which they'll probably get absolutely murdered. But you know, we move on. They've got the Jaguars. No offense, Dylan, but that's definitely a winnable game. They've got the Vikings. That's in that game. What's that? Battle of the Cats. Yeah, bad. there you go. Then they've got the Jets, the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers again. I mean, I'm not saying the, the Detroit Lions are going to be a 10-win team this year, but, I mean, I think it's very safe to say they could they could bring up seven, seven wins, eight wins, which doesn't sound great, but when you're a Detroit Lions fan, I mean, you got to take what you can get. 
I think, you know, unfortunately, Jared Goff is not the guy for the Detroit Lions. But as you were saying, they're going to be in the quarterback sweepstakes coming up. And as a veteran quarterback that Jared Goff is with Super Bowl experience, with playoff experience, with, you know, he's he's won football games before. I don't you bring in a rookie quarterback, you at least have a guy with with genuine NFL experience, NFL wins under his belt to help train, to help bring up the rookie if you want to go that route. Or you can cut ties. I mean, if you think that the rookie you end up getting is good enough to lead your franchise, that's fine. But, you know, it always seems like it works for the most part, works out pretty well being able to bring in a rookie, let them groom under a veteran, let them learn from the veteran, obviously take their job eventually because that's what you're drafting them for. But, you know, having that veteran presence and having that that leader and role model in the quarterback room could be could be something that Jared Goff might be able to you know he's not getting any younger I don't know if he's going to be able to get a starting quarterback job somewhere else I mean maybe for a for a loner but you know I I I think that could be a a really ideal situation for the Detroit Lions but you know I think uh, that was a good wrap up or a good little summary of the of the NFC North this season and we want to move on to uh to a little a little bit of fun we've got some trivia questions that we want to hit each other with um you want to go first or me no you're asking me all right all right dylan this is the tricky one but you are a genius so i don't know i am i think i might have you stumped here but we're about to find out the green bay packers who's the quarterback of the green bay packers that's the that's the first part of this trivia question aaron Rodgers. who's the quarterback of the green bay packers before aaron Rodgers? Brett Favre. All right. Let me make sure I phrase this correctly. On November 8th, 1993, Brett Favre started a game for the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Wait a minute. Brett Favre started for the Chiefs? How did they let him play that? started against the Chiefs for the Packers on Monday Night Football. Then back, Aaron Rodgers has played Monday Night Football. I want to know if you can tell me the last Green Bay Packers quarterback not named Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers to start a Monday night football game for the Green Bay Packers. How far back are we going? Um, within 40 years. Oh, gosh. I think I know. I think I know. I think I know which game it was. If, I think it was that crazy game, Washington Green Bay game, where they put up eight million yards in points. It was not according to the information I have. Oh, I, I'll tell you this much: I've never heard of this quarterback, Don Markowski. I don't know. No. All right. Well, good. I'm glad I stumped you. On September twenty second, nineteen eighty six. Randy Wright started for the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football against the Chicago Bears, who were 25 to 12 victors in that game. The Green oh, Bay Packers cool. did not play another Monday Night game until November 8, 1993, where Brett Favre started against the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs won 23 to 16. That probably would have been Joe Montana and Brett Favre. Yeah, probably right. All right. Well, good. I stumped you. Have you ever heard of Randy Wright? Randy Wright? No. Me neither. (laughs) 
You got me stumped for once, you little rat. All right. I beat the encyclopedia. I love to say it. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. You got one for me? Or, I mean, I, yeah, I, I hope you take it easier on me than I did on you, but. Uh, let me see. Yeah, you probably looked it up on Google. Maybe. Well, you know, I was thinking, I was like, all right. What's, Ooh, I've, got, I've got one. I've got one. Okay. Do you remember the Viking quarterback to start an MC wildcard game again at Lambeau Field against Green Bay? The Minnesota Viking quarterback to start an, an NFC wildcard game at Lambeau against Green Bay. How far back are we talking? Uh, a while. A few years. I had a name. I had a name, but if it's a while, a while, then it's probably not him. It's not. Uh, let's see. Oh, I think I know. Do you know the answer to this trivia question, Don? <laughs> I think it's uh, 2012. 2012. 2012. Okay. My original thought, my original guess was going to be Dante Culpepper. No. Not Dante Culpepper. My backup guess was someone way back. I was going to say Frank Tarkenton, but 2012 is much more recent than that. So who... Who was a Vikings quarterback in 2012? That was 10 years ago. It, it'd be a guy. Um, you was it Christian Ponder? No, I don't think it was Ponder. Uh, It's a guy I'm even struggling to find. Oh, Joe Webb. Joe Webb. Thank you. Joe Webb. Okay, I remember him. Oh, God. You asked me a trivia question that you didn't even know the answer to, Dylan. Come no, on now. No, I, no, no. I knew. I, I was trying to think which quarterback started the game, and it, there are like 18 different answers. Gotcha. Yeah, the name, you know, I had Culpepper pop up. I had Ponder pop up. Did a, what was that guy's name? Um, Kavalis Jackson? No, not Lamar Jackson. Um, Kavalis Jackson. Oh, Tavares Jackson. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Sam. Sam Bradford. Sam? Sam Bradford. That's who I was thinking of. I don't think he, I don't think he spent that much time in Minnesota, though. No, he got paid. I think he played for there. I think he played there for a short amount of time, though, didn't he? Or did he not? Yeah, because they got I know him. He was the Rams. Because I think Minnesota got him after somebody tore his AC. I think you're right. All right. Um, we got one more thing to talk about, right? Yep. Who wins the NMC North this year? I'm going to say, Dylan, I'm, I'm sticking with the Green Bay Packers. I think the Minnesota Vikings have a lot of talent offensively. I think, you know, obviously Dalvin Cook is, is a ridiculous human being. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen are, are one of the sickest wide receiver duos in the NFL. 
Kurt Cousins is definitely a better quarterback than Jared Goff, I, but not as good of a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers. I just look at this Aaron Rodgers-led uh, uh, Green Bay Packers team. I just think it's the most complete team, even without Devontae Adams in the, in the division. I think Minnesota's defense worries me a little bit. I think some of their injury problems worry me a little bit. And I think having a brand new head coach worries me a little bit. The Green Bay Packers, yes, they lost Devontae Adams, which is a huge loss. But realistically, looking at that team with the studs that they have on defense, Eric Stokes, Jared Alexander, um, and then uh, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, a two-headed monster in the backfield, Aaron Rodgers is going to get those receivers the ball. He has to. It, I mean, it's it's just because you don't have Devontae Adams doesn't mean that you can't make the receivers on your team better. I think Sammy Watkins is going to step up as much as he can. I think Alan Lazard is going to step up as much as he can. And, you know, as much as Aaron Rodgers doesn't doesn't like rookie receivers, when you don't have Devontae Adams anymore, you're going to make you're going to make things happen. And I just I really do. I, I'm not going to put my money against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers this year. Minnesota wins the NFC North, and I don't think it's close. All right. I don't think it's close. Who's the best wide receiver in the division? Justin Jefferson. He makes the biggest difference. I'm not even sure Green Bay wins the division. Even Devontae Adams is still there. I think Minnesota is the best team in that division. And uh, I really think that we're going to see the best year potentially out of Kirk Cousins. Finally got an offensive-minded coach. So I think I think this year, Minnesota, I think your Vikings are going to be in the playoffs. All right. You heard it here first, Big D Podcast, Funky Spectrum Sports Network. The Minnesota Vikings, according to the Big D himself, are winning the NFC North. I beg to differ. I'm glad we have differences of opinion here. It's going to be really nice to see uh, how this goes over the next seven divisions we talk about. But, uh, you know, it's uh, we're off to a one-and-one start, a little head-to-head battle as far as the NFC North goes. And I can't wait to see how it goes. You, you, you mean you're off to an all-one start? Ah, we'll see. We shall see. So uh, tune in next week when we break down the AMC North.